stay on. What is up, everybody? Welcome into another episode of The Cut. I am your host, Christian Williams, and I am here, as always, with Randy Hall. Randy, how are you? Doing pretty good, man. It's a Friday. I've started to not work on Fridays as long as I can uh, because of this, but, uh, man. Very nice. It's fun. Priorities. Priorities, for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Good stuff. Yeah, um, so we're here to talk about the Houston Texans, and... I'll tell you what, uh, they've done some questionable things. I was listening to uh, some podcast recently, and they basically said they think that the Texans are in the worst spot with regard to the top three teams. And I think there's an argument to be made that maybe not, um, but we'll get to talk about all of that. We're going to talk to the GM and coach uh, and the new coaching hire, which should be a fun conversation. We'll talk through their cap space, kind of what the state of the team is, some of the team needs, how we would go about fixing them. So we'll give them free agents. And then we will also do a five round, four round mock draft. Um, well, five. It's rounds a five round. Have. Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> it's a five round mock draft. Yeah. But uh, they do not have a fifth. So we'll jump right into it. So the, the general manager for the Houston Texans is Nick Casario and he, it, the, the the results are mixed with Nick Casario because I feel as though he had a really good draft last year. Randy, talk to me a little bit about Casario. What do you, what have you seen from him? Yeah, I, uh, so second season as the Texans GM, 20 years beforehand in the Patriots organization. This was as assistant coach for, I believe, only one year wide receiver coach, I think it was, and then multiple front office positions, uh, whether it's just player personnel, uh, business-wise, scouting, he's pretty much did everything. Uh, but extensive experience in the scouting department, free agents, acquisitions, and just player development. He was handed a shit deal last year. Your quarterback doesn't want to play, <laughs> uh, and you didn't have a first or second round pick. So I think he did a good job drafting, personally. Um, like you said, Davis Mills first pick that they had in the third round, they picked him, which we both thought was a good pick, especially with the Watson news and everything. Uh, we thought there was a chance he could develop into a playable quarterback and all signs have pointed to that so far. It seems like he's their starting quarterback for this season. Uh, and I think he should have a pretty solid year for what we're expecting out of him. Followed that up in the third round with Nico Collins. I thought was slightly... At the time, at least, I thought that was a little bit high for Nico, but there wasn't a lot of wide receivers that I loved right there anyways. And he showed some flashes. It's a different caliber receiver, big body that they usually don't go for, so I liked it a bit. And then Brevin Jordan, huge value in the fifth round. Uh, one of the best tight ends in the class last year. Uber-athletic, pretty solid blocker. Uh, good <laughs> average to good route runner, but fantastic hands and he just is he could line up anywhere <laughs> so uh we really liked him and then followed it up with garrett wallow and ryan lopez just filler picks really there i don't really care about those but the first three i thought were really good um and yeah. again shit hand did well with it <laughs> yeah and so wallow i thought was actually his his best trait to me when he was at tcu i believe was he was a good coverage linebacker, and so that was a nice, like, forward-thinking pick. The yeah. bad part is that he was actually really bad in coverage uh, in his rookie year, but that you'll, you'll expect that from a, a fifth-round rookie that gets on the field far too much. Um, yes, exactly. Uh, so his biggest thing is uh, – well, first thing, uh, we both agree that the whole coaching process was not handled correctly this year. Um 
But so there's an inability to hire with him and the ownership, uh, the coach to turn this team around for the future, not just for the next year or so, and hopefully build a small culture change. Uh, so that's the, one of the biggest things. And then the other big thing, obviously, is what they're going to be doing with Sean Watson, which, you know, is a little bit not on them. <laughs> you know, they had to figure out uh, his life has to be figured out in the next month or so for them to even have really any lead on that kind of situation. But as of now, um, I don't think he did. I won't even say I don't think he did an adequate job of trying to unload him at the deadline. He probably did. Uh, we saw a couple bites out there, but some reserved trades possibly. So, I, you know, it's a quarterback. It's a top 10 quarterback in the league, probably top five. So, you know, Definitely. when he's played, obviously, you never know. He could be shitty now. I doubt it. But uh, maybe all the massages were always made him, making him good. Um, <laughs> but, uh, I, you know. You got to get the value for him because you're never, it's going to be hard to even replace him ever. So you got to get as much value as possible. Yeah. Shout out that train. I love that, that train. Um, yeah, no, you're right. I, I think the reason I, I, on this graphic, we said head coaching blind spot. And I don't know that he has necessarily a blind spot, but I think what happened is the, the search went very wrong very quickly. They, had a very interesting list of of candidates in the first place. But I think what probably happened is those candidates came in and asked, what are you going to do with Deshaun? And he said, I don't know at this point. And, and that's a fair assessment. But then you kind of, if I'm a coach and I'm going into an unknown situation, I don't want it to be that unknown. I, I don't know what kind of team I'm even dealing with, you know, so – I think that probably impacted his search, but this is a good time to segue over to their new head coach, which is Lovey Smith. Um, you wrote in here, it seems like they couldn't get who they wanted and settled for a guy who was on the staff that led a defense that didn't have much talent, but to one of the worst in the league. They actually ranked 23rd in DVOA, so they overperformed, especially with the fact that Justin Reed actually uh, sat out. He was a healthy scratch at the end of the year, which we should probably talk about as well. Um, it, Lovey Smith is the most uninspiring head coaching hire I've I can recall outside of the Adam Gase hire to the New York Jets. Do you agree yeah. or disagree with that? No, completely agree. Um, I think they were pigeonholed in this doing this. Uh, they came out later after this process was over, saying that he was always in the running. He wasn't. Uh, they no. fired, uh, a, you know, a good coach. I don't know if he's a great head coach or not. We'll probably never get to see the chance. Uh, but he's a good coach. He's a good player coach. It seems, you know, there was the, the problem with Justin Reed. But I'm not sure that was him. It could have just been Levy Smith. Uh, yeah. This hire, for me, just proves Ooh. that no one, not necessarily that no one wants to work with Casario, because I think that's not true, but no one trusts their owner McNair and they don't want to work with Esther B, which is McNair's pet project, former chaplain. Now I think VP it's yeah. no one wants him there except McNair. Yeah. <laughs> uh, they brought in Casario because they had some relationship because, you know, he was, Esther B was the chaplain for the Patriots for a long time. Uh, uh -huh. So it's, <laughs> It's not good. It's, it's it, someone that was willing to work with him. And yeah. he's, again, he's a former chaplain. He's, he's had no experience in player personnel or decision-making or necessarily a lot of business decisions. And he's a high-ranking member that has a huge hand uh, in at least gravity in decision-making. Gravitas. Yeah. Decision-making. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. And do so you think it's... That. Yeah, I think it's also worth it to mention that Nick Casario doesn't have a great reputation either of people wanting to work for him. Um, there are rumors that he is in headsets and and micromanaging. Yes. I, it's, I, it's not rumors. That's it's factual. He did that. It like that happened in New England. He was allowed right. to do that. But you got to remember the GM there <laughs> is Bill. So. Right. He wasn't necessarily a GM, so it was 
seen as okay, and now he's here. It's not really seen as okay, but he still does it whether it's legal or not, I believe. Yeah, which it's not. We we know that. John Dorsey got in trouble for that. So I, And there are rumors that he's still doing it. And maybe, maybe the David Cully thing was a mutual thing. You know, I know they fired right. him. Uh, I think firing him actually would help him get his buyout. If, if I read something correctly, it, it may have been misinformation, but I, it could have been a mutual thing where David Cully said, you know what? Never mind. I don't want this. And then, like we said, so Lovey Smith, super unqualified, has had many stints where he has been unsuccessful. He went to the college level. I think Illinois is where he coached, right? Uh, I believe so. And he didn't have a single winning record while no. at the collegiate level. Then he gets bumped back to the NFL and still bad. I I just I don't get it. I don't get so it. he built a good culture in Chicago. Uh, they went to the Super Bowl, and he lost, but that's fine. Uh, he technically, in the NFL as a head coach, has, I believe, a plus-two win record. Uh, and I would say at least 75 85% of those wins are from his stint in Chicago. Uh, he has been very, very bad everywhere else, whether that's his fault or not. He has yeah. some part in it, regardless. Uh, so, yeah. Yeah, Again, he's... that's it's why is it uninspiring hire? It's not like I'm not saying anything bad about the person. I think he could probably build a pretty good culture uh, to to help the rebuild because yeah. it's it's a full rebuild still. In my opinion, they made no, they didn't advance from last year. The only way they did is if, I mean, if Nico becomes their wide receiver one, which I don't think happens, or. Mills proves he deserves to be the starting quarterback. That's the only way they've really advanced in the first year of this whole regime. Yeah. And you did write in here too. So he runs a four, three Tampa two traditionally. Uh, And the previous regime had a three, four scheme. And so he's kind of been molding and and shaping those players to fit his scheme. And he needs help. Uh, The, the rumor or not rumor, it was a report today that they will not be hiring a defensive coordinator, and that is problematic in itself as well. Lovey Smith said, it's my defense, I'm calling it, and I don't need a coordinator. And I think that that just shows you how bad of a head coaching hire this is. But again, I told Randy before we started the show, we took out the team DVOA stuff so that we wouldn't shit all over the franchise because (laughs) we were going to do it here. Uh, David Cully... You know, good for you for getting out of this this weird situation, but also yeah. you deserve more. Four wins with that roster is remarkable. Good job. Yeah. For watching. The only thing I'll say is well, I think clearly uh, Flores was the best hire here, um, but I don't think him and Casario would have worked out. So I think that works out. Um, and then I am very happy that Pep Hamilton didn't get – shot up to the head coaching position here because uh, it is a future head coach there. Uh, he's a wonder in the offensive playbooks for everyone. He is uh, the next like QB guru whisperer, and I think he could do a lot with Davis Mills this year. I'm, I'm very happy that he stayed. I think a lot of people wondered him in uh, Chicago and multiple other places, obviously Jacksonville, but I'm glad for him that he just didn't take didn't get the head coaching spot here because not that he can't take it in two years or whatever, but right now is not the time to be the Texans head coach for a young stud head coach. Yeah. Yep. Uh, So that'll do it uh, for that portion. We're going to move over to the current cap situation. And honestly, this is why we said Nick Casario got dealt a shit hand and it's still pretty shit. Uh, No players, and no cap space. So really no good players to kind of build around while yeah. and and I say no cap space. They have 19 million in cap space with their top 51, right? Yeah, I think it's like the 15th or 16th overall cap space. Yeah. So it's not so normally when you have these terrible teams, they've done a good job in managing the cap so that they can start to add via free agency as they start the rebuild. If you look at uh, who just went through a successful rebuild. The, Dolphins. the Browns. I would say. 
Okay. Yeah. There's still a process, but I I say it as so it's the best example I can think of because they're still the leaders in cap and they've had mistakes in the rebuild and they've gotten out of those mistakes and still have the most cap. Yeah. And they have they have parts to rebuild, but they're still ongoing. I think the Browns would be a successful version as well. Bengals. Um, are I mean, Bengals, but they're still in it too. I know. I know they're in the Super Bowl, but they're still in it. Yeah. Uh, Raiders did it a couple of years ago. I would argue, you know, yeah. there's, there's there multiple teams. Really. A lot of examples. 49ers. Of, yeah. Yeah. And a lot of examples of teams just having a ton of cap space if they're in a position to rebuild. This is not the case. And it, it does go back to Deshaun Watson, which we'll probably get to here in a second. But Randy, why don't you walk us through the, the key free agents for this team? Okay. Um, so key free agents is a tough word to, to bring up. Yeah. Um, yeah. There's no one key. There's one. Well, so, player. yeah. So Justin Reed is the key and he is not coming back. Uh, that he's not playing for this organization again. Uh, besides that, I would argue that, um, man, <laughs> uh, I would say Desmond King. Eric Wilson, Christian Kirksey to an extent, Justin Britt for sure, and Tyrod Taylor, David Johnson would be the, the key ones. But on top of that, they have they signed a bunch of one and two year deals just like the Lions, except none of theirs really worked out, unlike the Lions. Um, so uh, Jacob Martin, Jordan Akins, Kohler, Toner, Royce Freeman, Jeff Driscoll, <laughs> Lane Taylor, Chris Moore, Jaleel Johnson, Anthony Auclier. That sounds right. Sure. <laughs> uh, Hardy Nickerson, uh, Gary and Christian, uh, Chris Smith, John Weeks, Tay Davis, Chris Conley, Demarcus Walker, Vincent Taylor, Farrell Brown, Neville Hewitt, Terrence Brooks, Danny Amendola, AJ Moore, Camu Kruger Hill, uh, Eric Wilson, and then the, the key ones I mentioned, and then Malik Collins would be the last one. A, a lot. <laughs> A lot. Like half yeah. a half a roster, it feels like. Damn close. I mean, at least half of one side of. Well, no, that's at least correct. a third of a roster there. Yeah, it's it's a lot. Um, so realistically, we'll talk about who we would keep from that group, but the list is very short. Uh, they did make a few of them made our our free agents list, but um. Not not a whole lot there. Are there any ways, Randy, for them to create some more cap space with, with key cuts? Okay. So cuts, uh, Marcus Cannon, if you cut him, you save $6.35 million. He wasn't necessarily bad, but he just didn't play because he was hurt. Kevin Pierre, Luis, uh, same thing. <laughs> uh, didn't really play. It wasn't terrible, but $3.5 million save there. Eric Murray, $5.25 million save there. Just a bad signing um, by Bill O'Brien. And then another bad signing by him, uh, Kaimi Fairbairn. Fairbairn. I don't know how to pronounce that name. Fairbairn. But he's $2.8 million. I believe he's a top six paid kicker, and he's a bottom six kicker. So cut him. Uh, move on. Yep. <laughs> Yeah, kickers uh, matter, but when you have a bottom six kicker, they don't anymore. So yeah, so this is about what is this? Roughly ten, roughly like eighteen, nineteen million you can cut and bring in. So almost doubling your salary cap right there. And then there's three big trade possibilities for them. The first one I'm not going to bring up as much. Uh, Brandon Cooks. I think it saves. I want to say like eight to ten million if you cut him or trade him. I would. I think it's trade, not cut. Yeah. But for me, if you're not getting a good deal, which I don't think they would, just keep him. I mean, he's your wide receiver one. You can draft someone else and help build it, and maybe trade him at the deadline. Uh, and then it goes to Larry Tunsil, who they traded everything to have uh, a premier left tackle for Deshaun Watson. Uh, Deshaun Watson doesn't want to be there. Uh, and he play. He's still incredible. There's, there's no, yeah. there's no playing that is the reason you trade him. It's just you need to gut this team and rebuild, and you might as well get rid of these really good cornerstone pieces that are getting to the point where they're a little older. You know, 
this is, I mean, Tunsil's on his second deal. So trade him. You save a little over nine and a half million if you trade him uh, pre-June 1st. And then it's Watson, who uh, from my the most recent research I can find, he has a criminal case deposition scheduled at the end of the month. I think it was like February 20th or so at the earliest, technically. So I think it'll happen at the end of the month. Um, and then it was a pre-trial hearing early March. However, I think that <laughs> there's a good chance this all gets settled at the end of the month so he can get traded one way or the other kind of thing. <laughs> uh, doesn't mean he doesn't get uh, suspended for games or something, but he will. the court case has to be done first before that's going to happen. Uh, so the key dates for that is if they want him. They want to trade him before the league year starts on March 16th to save the most money. This saves them $24.2 million in savings. After the league year starts, they owe him a $5 million signing bonus. That goes So it goes to $19.2 million in savings. So, again, <laughs> just like the cuts, trading Watson doubles your salary cap. Plus. <laughs> I do want to mention, too. So... You- the logistics behind Deshaun Watson are very much so tied to what happens in the court cases. A lot of people are still under the assumption that all of these cases are civil suits. They're not. One criminal case was brought up, I believe actually two, and one of them may have been dropped down back down to a civil, but the criminal cases take a lot longer. Like the deposition can happen. They can determine that they have to go to trial. This isn't, the reason that it may be even difficult for them to trade him, it's definitely going to be extremely difficult to get him through on March 16th, I think, personally. But yeah, I think there's a chance that they struggle to trade him even after the league year starts, um, especially because there are a lot of free, free agent or available quarterbacks out there. And if they aren't able to do it at a certain time, there's a chance that there's just no quarterback needy team. Now, Deshaun Watson went on the field erasing all of the the off-field stuff is better than your favorite team's quarterback unless you're the Bills or the Chiefs, I think. I think he's a top three quarterback in the league when he plays. Maybe Aaron Rodgers. Um, definitely Aaron Rodgers. I mean, <laughs> For another year at least. Yeah. Um, but I think that there's a chance that people don't want to inherit that risk if we don't know what's going on, which is exactly what's been happening for a year now. Yeah, so I think there's still obviously a chance they could trade him uh, before the deadline, but the, you know because there was there was nibbles at the trade deadline, and that shows me that while they weren't willing to pull the trigger at that point for the price, maybe they will now on the new league year, new money, you know, new picks on your team and all that. So I think there's a chance. Yeah, But like I said, I think this has to be kind of dealt with within before the pre-trials probably even starts or is over. And that's going to be very difficult to do. It's it's going to be like they're going to have to get a, an NDA agreement done that day, <laughs> which I just don't know if that's possible. Um, yeah. The civil stuff, because I don't think it'll be I don't think he'll go to jail for it. Uh, no, because it's civil cases, you know, it's going to be very difficult to get jail time. He's probably just going to pay them uh, if he's any way kind of guilty, you know, <laughs> but yeah. that won't be a problem. This one will be. Yeah, exactly. And, and that's why I wanted to put that out there. I, it sucks. It sucks talking about Deshaun Watson, especially when we know so little, but we have yeah. to like that's that's part of it. And I will say, too. You're right. They need to deal with it. And there's a chance. I know that cutting him is just like, it's like a business filing for bankruptcy uh, because I believe he, well, I think what would then happen is the Texans would then sue him uh, and get out of his contract a little bit. But if they cut him there, there's problems. So well, I think that that's a way out as well. You know, there's, I'm sure there's morality clauses in the contract that they could Probably. get away with not paying them stuff, but they're not going to cut him in my opinion, because worst case, someone's going to give them 
one first for Watson. Yeah. Just for the shot, I think. And because if someone signs him, they get comp picks. You know, like yeah. <laughs> they're not gonna, yeah. you know, they're gonna Yeah. It's just like with the Browns and Odo. They couldn't get better than a third round pick, probably. And like, well, we're just gonna cut them then because we get a third round pick then. Why would we not? <laughs> right. Yeah. All right. Let's stop talking about that. Uh, but it, it does matter. Uh, let's jump over to the team needs, though. And as I mean, we mentioned we listed off all of the, the pending free agents. And so uh, team needs vast all of the, all of the things they need, all of all of them. But uh, Randy, you put them in this order. Is this the order that you would keep it in still? Uh, currently, yes. So I think obviously I don't think quarterback moves with a Watson trade because I don't think they're uh, like, I think they're set with Mills as their quarterback this year. Cause they want to figure it out no matter what. I think offensive tackle is at the lowest part here. Um, and I think obviously right now I would put that ahead of tight end just personally uh, because I like Brevin, <laughs> but yeah. the, obviously if you trade Tunsil, this shoots up to, I would say probably I would say it shoots up to second if you trade yeah. Tunsil. I would argue third, I guess. I but it's tough there. I, I think edge, corner, and tackle would be clearly their biggest needs. I don't I don't really care in what order necessarily. Um, and depending on who they re-sign at safety, that could move up as well. Uh, but with and again you trade Brandon Cooks, that goes over quarterback and safety for me, you know. So there's a lot of moving parts with that, but as of right now, that's kind of where I would have it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I don't disagree. I I think the reason tight end would be up a little higher for me, um, which is funny because I didn't really give them one. It's just after Brevin in losing, unless they bring back one of their free agents, they're losing Aikens and Farrah Brown, which matters, I think. so. Yeah, but I would assume they, they could sign like a, a – minimum deal for a backup tight end so i'm not really that worried and i also would say personally with lovey is now the head coach i think i would move linebacker up at least to behind wide receiver yeah. because that tampa two defense and four three front his defense is reliant on good linebacker play back in the bears days that meant hole fillers but now it means coverage and hole fillers because, uh, you know, linebackers in that defense are expected to do more and they're, they're needed to do more. And now in today's NFL, they have to be able to do more specifically. Yeah. So um, for what it's worth, I did just go look at their depth chart one last time because I thought, man, that's a lot of starters that they're losing. They're losing 10 of their 22 starters. Yeah. Uh, and then like tons of their their uh depth their their second team so we're gonna fix that right now this is the part where we actually go through and fix it i i kind of cheated a little bit for what it's worth um yeah so uh randy you give me yeah you're right yeah 100 thank you tdr youtube account i appreciate you whoever you are yeah, right whichever one you are <laughs> uh so I'm randy christian <laughs> yeah Fuck randy go over your free agent acquisitions here okay yeah i mean i don't have any fancy wording put in here like you but uh <laughs> yeah, so i put not. i put bring tyrod back because i think he's a locker room leader for you guys and He's obviously going to be the backup quarterback, but he's uh, well above serviceable backup. Uh, he did some good things for you last year before he got injured uh, against the Browns. And then, you know, Davis struggled and then he came on down the stretch. So for me, I think you bring him back for one year, probably about four million. Uh, I think his value is about three, but I think you give him an extra million just to be back. <laughs> and here's the other thing. The Texans, in my opinion, at least this season, aren't getting big name free agents, and they're probably having to overpay people to come. So there's that. Uh, followed that up with Jayon Brown. Uh, I would say disappointing linebacker for the Titans, who struggled over the years, but he's had some good play as well. I think, you know, Titans may be time to, to move on and 
upgrade the position, in my opinion, especially when you're a you know, playoff team and Super Bowl possibly contenders in the future. So for me, I think you bring in Jayon Brown here to be a, the leader of your linebacking core while you get some young talent in here to develop. Uh, I think he basically replaces Christian Kirksey for me, who is replaced by, I would say, a bandage every year. So it's not really missing much there. And then Kareem Jackson bringing him in at safety uh, for about – and Jayon Brown, two-year, six million. This one would be two-year, five to six million for Kareem Jackson. Um, you had some encouraging play from safeties last year. Obviously, you, Reed's gone. But for me here – I think you bring in a safety in the draft, but you bring you bring in this, I believe, 34-year-old safety who's played well. He's a veteran. He can help build the culture in that secondary room, and I think that's a good hire or good signing here. And then finish it off with bringing back your starting center, mainly because this isn't like – there are some good centers in this draft, but I think all of which will either be reaches or gone by their selections. So for me, I say you bring back your starting center on a cheap deal, two year six million. That's all he's worth. <laughs> and uh it it fills out your line in your rosters. You build out the other positions and maybe take a depth uh developmental center later. I know they have uh Morrissey, I believe, is their backup center. I don't believe he counts, so I think you gotta bring back Brent, unfortunately, who played decent. You know, it's it's just I'm not gonna shit on him necessarily, but he's not a top 10, 15 center. So no, but no, that I guy's, wouldn't. but it, that guy's not coming. Jensen's not coming here. Yeah. <laughs> no, no one's coming here. And and that leads me to, to my side of the, uh, uh, the, the free agent thing here, whatever the fuck this is a, a graphic. It's a graphic. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I don't know. This thingy. Uh, so, so the main thing to take away from here is, Fill the roster with bad players and give yourself a fighting chance at Bryce Young or CJ Stroud. That is, in my opinion, the most important piece of this free agent acquisition period. I don't think that they want to win. And I know as a Texans fan, that's really going to suck to hear because right now is a prime time to pounce on the division with the Titans being good not great in my opinion. I, I think that they are beatable. They showed that a lot throughout 2021. And with the Colts just not even committing to the quarterback they just traded for. They sent a first round pick for. Um, so now is the time to pounce. However, the Texans, I understand that seeing what Davis Mills is, is a good idea. And, and I agree that they should absolutely do that. But a quarterback like Davis Mills, I think what you you take a step back and say is, is Davis Mills getting me to the Super Bowl? And I think everyone knows that even if he reaches his height, the answer is probably no. And if the answer actually is yes, and he, he were, he, he's able to get them there, the outcome is very much so what Jimmy Garoppolo did against Patrick Mahomes. And so that needs to be the number one priority in this free agent acquisition period. However, Let's go snag Marcus Mariota. Mm -hmm. The reason Marcus Mariota would come here, I believe, for a decent-sized deal. I, I said one year, $7 million, so pretty significantly higher than what it would take to get Tyrod back. The reason he would come here is because I think Mariota is ready to compete for another starting role. I understand that like you bringing Tyrod back is more insurance if Davis Mills struggles, I would bring in Mariota and see if maybe that can be your stopgap. Maybe Mariota in just the wildest glitch in the simulation ends up being the next Ryan Tannehill where Tannehill did it to him. And then he's able to actually go there and kind of revive his career. Maybe who knows? I'd throw 7 million at him and kind of see. And then Desmond King, I thought was one of the better corners for the Texans last year uh, in, in a room full of no one that was good. And so I think he'll be fairly cheap. I said, you know, eight million per. Unfortunately, corner when you're signing corners off the free agent market, it's expensive. Um, so it, it might be a better route to actually just draft secondary players. But I think bringing him back makes some sense. Gives a little bit of um, consistency for Levy Smith, who is going to struggle while calling plays and stuff. So. It's smart for him too, because this is the only spot where he's going to be 
a cornerback one. He's he's not going anywhere else to be a cornerback one. So yeah. it's kind of like a prove it deal here. It's probably the most money he's going to get too. Again, they're going to have to overpay. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I don't disagree with the Mariota thing. It's just for me, it's different here because, like I said, this is Davis Mills' chance. Like I, I yeah. struggle to see Mariota coming in and winning the job, not purely on talent because I think he probably does there, but because of they want to know what they have in Davis. So, and I think there's for that competition wise, I think it makes sense for Mariota possibly to go like Carolina, Denver, uh, Washington, uh, Pittsburgh, uh, you know, these Saints, these teams that, or Tampa, you know, these teams that could be drafting a quarterback this year that clearly isn't ready to play at least right away and he can take over for the season and show what he's got, which I think is at least a middle of the road quarterback, you know? Yeah. Well, I mean, even when he got the opportunity, when Carr left because he hurt his groin, yeah. uh, Marietta was good. He was good in yes. that uh, three-ish, three-and-a-half quarters. So. Yeah, because he's not a shit quarterback. He's just <laughs> – no. he just wasn't – he wasn't the 101, you know? Yeah. He didn't live up to that, unfortunately. Yeah. Um, all right. So that's kind of the strategy we took for free agency. Let's move over to <laughs> bring in our... whoever will, will let you. That's our strategy. Yeah. Yeah. Throw, throw, you'll have to throw a little bit of money around. And with those cuts, I don't know that they uh, exhaust all of their cut options, but I do think that they cut three to four of those five players that we listed out and explore the tonsil trade because there's yeah. a massive, massive market for starting caliber really good offensive tackles of course they're always uh, also i believe all those cut numbers are uh pre-june first cuts if i am not mistaken so they have plenty of time to save that money so right just saying so they can uh see what the what the market is out there for like tunsil and everything and watson first and maybe cooks and then you know uh, see who's willing to show up in Houston, and if they need the extra million, then they cut someone, kind of thing. Because I, I think those were all four viable cuts, but they also, like we said, are losing at least a third of their fucking roster. So it's going to be hard to cut a lot of people. It's very true. All right, let's move over to the five round mock drafts, and we're going to start with Randy as we always do. Let's so, go. Randy, <laughs> hit us with your mock draft. Okay, so, um, you know, I. It's a team that, again, we think they're trading at least one of Cooks, Tunsil, Watson, if not trying to get rid of all three or mix-match that. So I think they have more picks than this in the draft and in future drafts. But for this one, if they all just stay pat, I think the Texans, as a pure rebuilding team and organization, if they get an offer to trade back in any way, that's fair. They absolutely have to trade back, in my opinion. Uh, this one, I was offered the Giants' fifth pick and their second pick, the 36th pick overall, for the 103. Um, it's a little bit like, I think it was like, on the, like the trade value charts and everything, I think it was like 50 to 100 over what a direct value. But again, the team trading for the pick has to give incentive for the team to trade back. So it's always going to be a little bit over. I don't think it's ever going to be perfectly even fair value. And that's just the same thing as fantasy where, you know, you, you have to kind of make the guy bite and trade away the piece. So here they trade back. Uh, and yeah, I believe the mock went uh, Evan Neal, Aiden Hutchinson. Giants traded up to get ahead of the Jets to make sure they got the edge they wanted, which was Kevin Thibodeau. And then the Jets just said, well, fuck everything. <laughs> and picked uh they picked Kyle Hamilton in my mock uh with the fourth pick which kind of screwed over what my plan was but they got rid of that I picked Ika Mikwanu uh tackle from NC State I think worst case uh you keep Tunsil and you like what you have at right guard or right tackle and you play him at guard I really don't give a shit he's a fantastic lineman they need fantastic fucking linemen <laughs> he's a great fit uh, I didn't think I didn't think it was a need to reach an edge. 
I didn't think, you know, with Hamilton on the board, I didn't like it. I don't want to pick quarterback there. I think it was the best move at this position. So I went with that. Followed up top of the second with the traded pick that they got from the Giants. Roger McCreary leaked out into the second round, which is very possible because it's a very early pick in the second round. Corner from Auburn. Uh, we saw him at the Senior Bowl. A little bit shorter arm-wise than a lot of people would like, and he still dominated the Senior Bowl. So uh, I am full sending McCreary. I think he's very talented, and he's a much-needed influx of talent at the cornerback position for the Texans. Followed that up with the very next pick with Christian Harris, the linebacker from Alabama. Um, he right now is my third linebacker. I think by the end of the process, Muma may get ahead of him. But as of right now, Harris is viewed as a late first round, early second round, top 40, top 45 type player. So he's there on my board here. I'm taking him. They need, like I said, talented linebackers, no matter fucking what, on this team for Levy Smith's defense to work. So I think there's a good chance and there's rumors popping up that they want to trade back in the first to, you know, eight, nine, 10, 12, whatever it is. So they don't seem as if they're reaching for a linebacker, whether that's Dean or uh, Lloyd. Lloyd. Uh, it seems like that's one of the players they really value in this draft. So with that not being the possibility on my trade, uh, so I, I took the linebacker here. I do think it's a possibility because the Texans and they're going to, it's a bad pick at three, but it's not the craziest thing I've ever heard. So here they get Harris. Who's he's very talented. And I think he could, he would easily be their best linebacker. Follow oh, it up. Yeah. yeah. You you have a comment on any of that, by the way, <laughs> kind of rambling. <laughs> yeah. Um, what did you say? How about the, uh, linebacker being yeah. the first for them. No, so I was just gonna say, I mean, taking him at three, taking any of the linebackers at three is just ridiculous. Um, taking Christian Harris at the top of the second feels like it might be a reach as well, but also, uh, like you said, he'd easily be their, their best linebacker, yeah. And I think you said before, right? Like, we've we've taken Muma. We've talked about Muma quite a bit, and so we can't we, – we do I, – I wanted to say to everyone that's listening and watching, we try to diversify these picks a little bit too because we don't yeah. want to just key in on our, our favorite players. But, all right, sorry, go ahead. Exactly. No, you're good. I didn't want to cut you off there. So uh, following it up with George Pickens to begin the third round. Uh, I think it's like the third or fourth pick in the third round. He's a guy that I think we're both going to have as a second-round talent. Uh, and in our final scouting, but the injury concerns and everything, and he's really only had one year of production because of injuries and everything. Uh, I think he's going to fall for a lot of people, and I think he has a good chance to fall in the in the draft. Uh, I know he went to the big school, which is going to help bolster him a bit. But every year there's a wide receiver that slips that shouldn't, and I think it's probably going to be Pickens this year. I think this pick. 368 for me is either going to be I was trying to decide between Mechie and Pickens because I think one of them's there and this one it was picking so I went there very talented I would say easily their wide receiver two day one because <laughs> uh, I think he's more talented than Nico Collins so great pick there followed it up in the third round with uh <laughs> Oh, I love the the phonetic spelling you have here. <laughs> Boy, yay, mafe, which I I feel like I would just say that normally when reading that. <laughs> I yeah, think boy, mafe makes just sense. Hell, I I appreciate like... it. I, it's just one of the ones like I think that's how I'd normally pronounce it, but now I'll never know. Uh, <laughs> Edge from Minnesota, a senior bowl standout. I think is the biggest thing for him. Uh, I think day two fringe was his. Uh, calculation going into the senior bowl and maybe it's just poor ed uh, poor tackle play at the senior bowl but he was one of the best edges there i'd say second best possibly but he was very very consistent especially in the actual game itself he was constantly disruptive i think he easily would be a starting edge for them at least by midway through the year but probably day one and then finish that off with 
getting a possible chance at running back of the future and another senior bowl standout, Damian Pierce, the running back from Florida. Uh, Christian loves him. I love him. Uh, I don't remember where he – I don't know where he's going to fall for me. I think there's a good chance he ends up as RB4, maybe 5. But either way, he is very, very talented. He's not moving up boards. Uh, and if he is, it's very slightly. I think he was probably a fifth-round guy for a lot of people. I got him here. I The board kept showing it was a reach for him at 135. I think that's value. Uh, yeah. I would pick him over Rashad White right now, even though a lot of people would have White as the better senior bowl day necessarily. Uh, yeah. But Pierce was a standout during practice. Everything I saw, I thought Pierce was the best running back there, and I'm taking him here for the Texans who probably won't want him because he's not 32 at running back. So That's true. They did extend Rex Burkhead. So. <laughs> of course they did. Uh, it's yeah. funny. We both had them That's taken also. But that's also why I didn't take White because White <laughs> was it more Burke. Yeah, yeah. I was gonna say was it what? Yeah, it was White because he's more. I think original like starting off, he's more geared towards the third down rotational running back role, which is Burkhead. So, right, and Pierce is that that grinder. Um, yes. So, no, I mean, a really good draft. I said before that I like your mock better than I like mine, and I, you, but know, you got the best he, player. I did get the best player. So let's switch over to that. Um, my first pick, I sat at 103 and I took Kyle Hamilton. And I think that this is a realistic possibility as something that the Texans would do. Nick Casario is going to love Kyle, Kyle Hamilton. I think <laughs> just coming from the Patriots way at 103, taking a safety sounds crazy. I understand that, but Kyle Hamilton is not just a safety. He's as versatile as any player in this class, I, there are people who are saying that he is the best player in this class, but yeah. obviously the Jaguars are not going to take a safety at one overall. Uh, so and, I, I, sorry to cut you off, but I yeah. think this is going to lock it in for a lot of people. Former chaplain, Esterby, Catholic school, Notre Dame. That's true. Perfect match. Yep. Let's get it going. They, exactly. And you know what? This is a blue, for me, this is a blue chip prospect. And this is exactly the type of player they need. I think, you know, any of the top two edges for me would make sense. But, yeah, Hamilton works. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and you put Hamilton in, and honestly, your your slip from Justin Reed to Kyle Hamilton is small. Now, I will say they play different positions traditionally. Kyle Hamilton is normally a strong safety, but like I said, he's super versatile. He can line up in the slot. He can play single high. He can play too high. He can play in the box. It doesn't matter. He is that good as a player. So at 103, it's actually value. It's actually perfect value, in my opinion. Um, I think he would I think he would step in and be the best safety in the division day one. Off the top of my head, I mean yeah, who are the who are the Titans have at safety that matters? I mean, they well they had a rough they, year at safety. So. Yeah, they had some bigger names, but they had a rough year. Jaguar safeties, who cares? Uh, <laughs> yeah, and then I mean, Rashawn uh, Jenkins or something like that. Yeah, I mean, shit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, he'd he'd be he'd be one of the best defensive players already too. So, yeah. uh, anyway, I followed that up with Jahan Dotson at with the thirty seventh overall pick. Uh, I got a little confused there because I forgot you traded for the 36th. I was like, there's no way I messed that up. Uh, yeah, the 37th overall pick, I gave them Jahan Dotson. I think that there's a chance Dotson's a first-round pick because he does the things that NFL teams tend to like. He gets open. He's got aggressive hands. He's pretty good at contested catches. Uh, he's quick. He, he's a yak guy. But I do worry. Uh, I see a little bit of Jalen Rager in his game. Uh, I think his hands so are a little me- better. I know, I know. Well, now, remember how well I, I didn't think it, it very highly of Jalen Rager, but I know I you did, did and, and a lot of people did. So I do see that as like a positive, and I think if Jalen Rager were to get into a situation where, you know, he would work hard at getting better, he would be a, a top-level, I mean, not a top-level receiver, but a good <laughs> receiver. Uh, and I think that's what Dotson is. He slides in as like the wide receiver too, and people will say, well, wouldn't he be in the same role as Brandon Cooks? Yeah, pretty much. But that's but, 
that's a that's not the bad thing here. Him being the heir apparent to Brandon Cooks with a similar play style is a smart move as well. Exactly. And because that's kind of because Brandon Cooks isn't your future. It's a difference. It's like you know. Right. And so you're combining like you kind of look at what the the makeup of that wide receiver room is, and it's it's Nico Collins and it's Brandon Cooks, and that's really all that matters. Yeah. And so. Uh, you you put dots in across from Nico Collins for a long time, and you feel pretty good about that. Uh, I followed that up with I actually traded up, and I said I need a running back because I'm not going to roll Rex Burkhead out there. I'm not going to re-sign David Johnson. And I thought, man, what running back makes sense? So I traded up to the 61st overall pick from the 68th overall pick, added a sixth rounder in there for the seven-pick difference, and I felt like that was a decent enough value. And I went up and I got Kenneth Walker. Kenneth Walker currently for me is my RB3. I think as a runner, he is incredibly skilled. I think that um, he still has some some developing to do in terms of his vision. And, you know, I wouldn't say his patience because I think he is a patient runner. But I don't know that he is Sorry. the most the most patient runner. So like you look at Spiller and Brees Hall and those guys have a level of patience that I don't think Walker does. What's up? Sorry. Well, cause he was forced to have fucking patience before he transferred. I know. Yeah. The running backs basically have to take a nap in the backfield before they could move. It's ridiculous. It's so bad. Yeah. Uh, Wake he, Forest. I mean, he's much improved. I, you know, vision, I agree is his biggest weakness uh, because he was taught, just sit back. Uh, but he had he had one of the best running back coaches in the nation this last year at Michigan State, and I think it, it's helped develop him very quickly into what he should have been all along. And, yeah, he's a great running back. I mean, yeah. especially good. for this pick. Yeah, good contact balance, good uh, lateral agility. Just he's, he's a good player. And him being – there at the 61st overall pick. Some don't think that that's going to happen, but I do. I don't think the teams are going to overdraft the running backs in this. No, class. no, there's no running back going the first. The The second round is the first round for running backs. That's, that's yeah. our future. You're going to have to be like next year. Like Bajan is going in the first, in my opinion, but that's yeah. probably it. <laughs> there, there might be a couple, maybe one more, maybe, but yeah. that doesn't mean they don't go top a second. You know that that's right. what I'm saying. That the second round is the first round for most running backs. You have to be special or over overpicked to go the first round, Clyde. <clears throat> um, Travis Etienne. <laughs> yeah, and uh, but that's but Walker it could excel here, and he doesn't take away Burkhead. That's smart. Right. Right. It's it's a good tandem, and I think they need a strong running game too. Uh, I follow that up with Isaiah Thomas, the edge out of Oklahoma. I'm a really big fan of Isaiah Thomas. I think that uh, him across from Nick Benito, who is more of a situational edge rusher, uh, he was stellar. I mean, he showed good bend. He showed good football IQ. He was really good in run support. Um, He's a a powerful dude. He's just your, your guy you draft in the third round that Maybe he's not a 10 sack guy ever, but maybe he's a six to seven sack player every other every year. And that's perfect. That's exactly what you want out of a third round pick. So yep. we'll talk about him more on the edge show. I think, I think he's going to land inside my top 10 edges. Um, well, maybe it's D line show this year. So oh, yeah, you're right. I forgot we switched that. Uh, we might get to talk about him. Worst case, he'll be worst case. I'd say he'd be honorable mention. So yeah. For sure. Uh, but that's just, I think I like what they have in Jonathan uh, Greenard, but they, we've talked about this before. They traded away another good piece. Yeah. Um, and so they need to add to that edge rusher. Yeah. Room. We have no studs there. Right. And then I followed that up with the uh, fourth round pick, pick 135, Cole Strange, the guard. I feel like we've talked about Cole Strange on one of these Friday fix shows, but. I don't think I have yet. Uh, maybe we haven't at all, but Cole Strange is a guy that walked into the senior bowl with a lot of hype and he kind of showed out. He was a guy that he was losing his first rep and winning the the second rep, which was kind of like a good thing, except for the first rep was traditionally the um, 
more speed rushing moves is I think what they were telling the guys to do. Uh, so he will struggle at times, but in the fourth round, I think he can start for you. And, and I think that he's still got some developing to do as well. So uh, good player to get him in the fourth might not be realistic at this point because he did have a good week, but if he's there, they should take him. I think it's realistic. The only way it wouldn't be is like, there's a weird space for the lineman, like that mid to late third through like the fifth, where it's like some could be value there. And I'm not quite sure if there are reaches or if they're going to be picked higher because there's not this great depth. Or, you know, it's weird. So I think he very well could be there. And I think he's a good pick. Yeah. They need cool. talent. <laughs> the offensive line, too. That's the thing. So, well, and, and we brought up cutting one of their. Uh, a tackle uh, guard, I believe, too. So, yeah, yeah. It's not like and, their line was good, anyways. Besides Tuntle, so yeah. And I didn't have any linemen come back in free agency unless one from the fill roster with bad players. <laughs> well, they're gonna have to fill roster somehow like that with the, the exactly. line. But exactly. Well, that'll do it uh, for this episode of the Friday Fix, the Houston Texans edition. If you're a Houston Texans fan, reach out to us. Let us know what you think we did right, what we we did wrong, however you feel about it. Um, and, you know, this has some fantasy relevance. We both gave it a little bit of fantasy relevance, so uh, let us know what you think about that, these landing spots. Now, the Texans are never going to be a, viewed as a good landing spot, but in terms of opportunity, Kenneth Walker then would – maybe bump up a little bit because he's going to be like more of a workhorse. So. And and again, we failed as best we could with these picks. I, in my belief, think that they at least get at least one more pick in these first five rounds this year. That's even if they trade all Watson and everyone for just future picks, nothing this year, like, (laughs) which is possible for a guy like Watson, where it's like a conditional first and third next year type thing. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, they're going to have more picks. And the more, if they trade both Watson and Tunsil, I think it's then a more enticing landing spot for these rookies coming in because it's a f- clean, fresh state then. And you're just, you're the, the building block. So yeah. I, I think it becomes, you know that they're valued then for the future of this organization. Yeah. All right, man. Uh, is there anything you want to add? We don't have any Marvel talk again. We, <laughs> not we won't for a long not time. For Texans. I, we're going to be, it'll be what? About free agency when we finally have Marvel talk? Yeah. Uh, March, I believe, 14th is uh, is when Moon Knight comes out. So Yeah, we're probably not going to. We may get a DC talk right before then. We'll be, we'll be talking about the Batman, that's for sure. I know, but like we won't do it the first week. I know. Maybe the but, second week. It's and we're, obviously we'll. But say I'm we'll excited. Spo- like we'll say spoilers and everything. So yeah, but yeah, so you won't get it, screwed over there. But and, and if you guys are confused and didn't catch the episodes last year, we had a you know ten minute segment at the end of these episodes where we would talk through the the Marvel happenings, uh, and that yeah, well, that brought a little it, bit of fun. Uh, what was it? It was Wandavision. Wandavision. Started I think we got a little bit of. I want to say we got a little bit of uh, Captain America, Captain Winter, Winter Soldier. Soldier near the end. Or God, Falcon and the Winter Soldier. Falcon and the Winter Soldier. Spoiler! Holy alert. hell! <laughs> Whoops! Uh, well, I was so, just yeah. giving it his proper title. Damn it! I know. Uh, <laughs> it's not Captain Falcon. Yeah, that's true. Although that would be a cool name. Uh, <laughs> all right. <laughs> well, like I said, we'll <laughs> we will uh, we will bring that back eventually and uh you know let us know so i know twitter if you guys are commenting on twitter if you're watching on twitter right now head over to youtube if you guys want to interact that that was our favorite part of like these episodes was we would have interactions with people and then Streamyard and twitter are apparently beefing and so if you want to comment and you want to interact on these shows head over to youtube we do have a youtube as well just search the cut ffb and we will pop up make sure you subscribe and if you're listening to this on the podcast, thank you for, for listening. Um, make sure you subscribe, leave a review, all that good stuff. Uh, or don't. It's okay. Uh, and also visit thecutffb.com. Uh, also, I talked about a mock draft on Monday that I'm writing. It's almost done. I'm releasing it tomorrow, I think. So look out for cool. that. Yeah. Super Bowl preview mock. I like it.
Yeah, yeah. I really should wait. That that's I, that I'm just so joke. I'm so <laughs> amped, you know. Uh, but yeah. So all right, that'll do it for this episode of the cut. Uh mock tomorrow. <laughs> yeah, and you make, or yeah. Sunday at midnight. <laughs> yeah, we'll see. I know I'll be watching you for you then. All right. For Andy Hall, I'm Christian Williams. We'll talk to you guys on Monday. Later. Yeah.